0: clearly, because some people say I'm very soft, and they're sitting at the back, my connect group people. So for those who don't know me, me, I'm Carmen, I'm married to Wilfred, he's sitting here in front, and um, we love Vineyard, and I hope you've enjoyed your heritage day, and thank you for coming out, despite the rain here this evening, and... um, my husband always say, "I should not be telling jokes, and there 's a tradition here in Vineyard of people telling jokes before they start because I laugh before the punchline even gets hit, <laughs> so but i 'm going to try anyway and i 've got um, I thought of using Dave as one of my culprits here tonight, so because he 's going to have to forgive me in any way after this jokes that i 'm going to make so um Dave is now 10 years in grade one. He runs sheer havoc in the classroom every day from stealing the other kids' sprit to cello tape to stickers to bread and everything. And this one day, the teacher just had enough of him. And she's looking across the glasses over them. And she's looking at Dave and she says, Hey, Dave, what is two plus two? And he says in shock, his whole body goes in shock and he turns and he says on the tip of my tongue, it's on the tip of my tongue, 10 years in grade one, one, and he does that, and she thinks, I'm going to have another go at Dave today, and she asks him, and she says, Dave, if you have five apples, and I take three away, how much apples would you have left, he says, well, then you and I are going to have a big problem here today, (laughs) So, so that is Dave, I hope you can forgive me, sorry, Dave, and... um. Just a bit of background as to um, to the sermon that I'm going to do today. So when Dave told me, Pastor Dave now, that um, he's going to put me on the preacher's list and the topic was money, or that they're going to do a series about money matters, I'm going to be very honest with you. I have to admit, I was hoping for a completely different topic And um, already at this time, I couldn't see the end in sight because I thought, what can I possibly go and tell the church about money and money matters? And um, because uh, not for the last 13 years, I haven't really been challenged with money matters and money issues. So I had to really go sit down and think about what it is that I'm going to bring here tonight and how I could relate and bring my authentic self to you guys here um, this evening. So, uh, people say money is so personal, and I also think that you have to keep it in a purse. And I know as a child growing up, money was always considered um, something that you have to put away. You would always get shouted, put it away, keep it in something under mattress, couches. You can just ask the government, they know all about that. And um, my granny, Fond memories of uh, taking money out of a very cold, dark place to bless you, you know, for sweeties and things. (laughs) So that's the memories that I have about about money. But you know what? As time progressed, God showed up and he had other plans with a sermon that I'm going to give you today. Um... Because how do you overcome the devil? The Bible says it's fire, the word of God, and a testimony. So I'm going to bring you a testimony today of myself and what I went through in the seven months before um, Dave gave me this topic, right? So you see, looking back, I've always lived in a place of abundance and the goodness of God So I assessed my life, and I thought, I really never had a need for money. And God has been very kind to me, and he's blessed me in so many ways. He's such a good, good father. Um, And I inspired a lot of people, and I spoke life into a lot of people and the situations, because I could. I had all the resources to do that. So I'd fix your problems, donate money, look at people, and give them a word of encouragement, because I had all these resources and things that I could help people out with. And it felt really good and I thought, good God has blessed me with a lot of resources and um, really has given me the ability to give to other people. And quite frankly, I think when you have resources, you can speak life into people's situations because you're speaking from a high base, you always have. But what if you don't have that resources anymore? Can you still speak to people and encourage them from a low base. That's what I was asking myself all the time when I went through my stuff, and I'll tell you my journey now. So it's quite easy for you not to check your blind spots when you do have money. But if you don't, you check all your blind spots and you are thorough in everything that you do. So, like questions I ask myself, do I handle my kingdom finances in a good way? Am I a good steward when it comes to Um, kingdom finances, and what does God think about me? How I handle my money matters as well. Um, And are you listening to God's voice when you make decisions? Or do you make decisions out of your own logical brain? Because sometimes we we tend to make decisions on what has gotten us here, our track record, our successes, and all of that. And you don't even ask yourself those questions as to, you know, I wonder what God is thinking when I make decisions like this. Or how God feels about the way or my abilities in uh, in the way I do or carry out my abilities. So those were the things that I really had to connect with myself and see and go deeper into myself. And here is where God stepped in and he took a hold of me. And I don't even want to say unfortunately. I want to say fortunately. During the last seven months of my life, I'd learned the most intense lessons when it comes to money. Trust Dave to give you a topic. And believe me, you are going to walk a path with the Lord on that topic because you cannot preach a sermon where God didn't walk an intimate path with you or changed your life. I had to come to a place of complete, complete surrender. Last week when Dale was doing a sermon, I was looking at him and I could almost relate completely to what he said. And I wrestled with God and I thought, I am not going to go and tell those people my stories. I'm going to slap a sermon together and I'm just going to make a run for it. But you know, with God, you can wrestle with him. You're going to do eventually what he tells you to do at the end of the day. There is no way around it. You're going to have to bring it. And um, the most challenging thing, I believe, for a Christian is to completely surrender to God because we've got so many things and so many aspects that we look at before we want to give up and surrender completely to God. And of um, course where there's restrictions in, in surrender. It equals ugly cries, anxiety, repeated conversations in your head with yourself. About how you're going to resolve these questions. And I'm sure by now your friends are tired of you already. Because you want to run that story over and over. And call them and up them. Instead of just letting it go and giving it to the Lord. Right? My poor husband, come and sleep now. (laughs) And I thought it's always Wilfred, what do you think of this? What can I do now? Wilfred and whatever and I I just had to step back. And and the cries normally it goes like this. God, why me, please? I've served you faithfully, I've repented, make this go away now and whatever. And it doesn't work like that. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. Satan stuff works like that. It's instant. But with God, it's a process because you're going to have to learn something. And I'm looking at you young people, and I was thinking this evening, it's very good for you to learn these lessons at a very young age because the quicker you learn, the quicker you can eradicate these financial issues in your life. And this part of the room, then, wouldn't have to come and help you out when your house is being foreclosed or you make bad financial decisions. So... This part of the room is also responsible for your financial literacy in a sense. So teach your children, give them pocket money and tell them how to budget and how to handle their finances because they're either gonna get robbed or they're gonna lose it all going forward or some spouse is gonna complain about how your children manage their money in essence, right? I don't know who of you is doing accounting at school as well. I'm doing my doctorate in business, and I tell you an income statement should be called an outgoing statement. There is no incoming um, statements when you start a business. A balance sheet, there's nothing balancing, and a cash flow, all of the cash is flowing out, and you think, Lord have mercy, where is my money going? And I thought I had a grip on things, and for the mere fact that I'm doing that doctorate, I should have seen this coming. And it doesn't work. Sometimes it just doesn't work like that. Okay, so you can cry as much as you want to. Sometimes God is not moved by your tears. If he wants to get you to a place of complete surrender, he's going to get you there. Come hell or high waters, he ain't stopping. Because the Bible says God wants you to prosper as your soul prospers. And he loves us, he's a good God is not gonna let it go. Which brings me to the story. So last year, December, I worked for a multinational pharmaceutical company and it was a third time in one year that the company retrenched. So I thought instead of um, staying, let me dodge this and get out of the way and I took a voluntary package and exit the company. So I was now out of my comfort zone Didn't have a a full-time salary. I've been working since the age of 21, I've been working for very good companies, pharmaceutical. I've been in pharma my whole life. And here I am now out of my comfort zone, whereas I always had a job, no job. And I started, a colleague of mine called me up, and she said, let's start a business, Carmen, and uh, a medical device business. And I thought, okay, fine, that was in January, so I had enough time to rest. I'm going to now make a decision in January. And then I said, okay, fine, let's do this. We registered with a Medicines Control Council and we started this business supplying um, hospitals, doctors with medical consumables devices, right? And for a couple of months down the line, so, so you know, we all know what people say. When you start the business, you put the salary away, six month salary, you, you mitigate any risk that you can find in that business so put away the salaries and everything, and we, between the both of us, we had enough pharma experience in product launches, selling uh, medical devices, and as well in business. So, but somewhere along the line, the wheels of the bus didn't go round and round. The wheels of the bus came off bit by bit and one day because i'm a results driven person i always go and find the core of things where is this coming from why is it happening and yeah i like my why to be answered and i got so tired and i thought god what is happening here why is things all of a sudden after say four months now going so wobbly and all that and god just dropped it in my spirit and he said Have you asked me a question? Have you consulted me with this? You see, what we did was we went ahead of God, and many times we do it knowingly or unknowingly. We make decisions where you go on your ability and your capabilities and all of that and your track record. But God God still wants to be in charge of things, He still wants to be there with you all the way. It's a jealous God. He created us for His pleasure. So he wants us where he can have intimacy and relationship with us. He doesn't want us to make our own decisions. So I was driving home and I can remember my business partner and I had to go on a MS Teams meeting. And I thought, I'm going to let her know now that we should, we should do the right thing here and consult the Lord. And as I started speaking, she said to me, I fully agree and I actually wanted to call you up today and tell you, we started this business for the kingdom. We want to help the underprivileged people out there and promote kingdom finances, but we never consulted the king. It was one thing after the other, getting registration, getting giants out of our way and all of it, yes, we succeeded, but here somewhere along the line, you kinda tend to think, hey, something is a bit off here. And it was this, it was in this, the king of this business was not consulted. So um, I had to go back to the drawing board. And I really had to spiritually look into things and see what it is that God required from me to change this whole situation around. Because the only thing in this goodness that I've been living and this life of abundance was I knew God. Because He sustained me. But somewhere along the line, I forgot about Him. I, I, I really have to admit, I forgot about him in that big decision that I made. And I felt that was what got me to that place. Because we had everything going right for us, but there was no God in that. We didn't, we didn't go on our knees, we didn't pray for that business, we didn't speak life into it. We just went on our abilities. And um, I invested all my money in that business as well, because we, and we worked very hard. But it's like with God, you, 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 cannot, you cannot work without God. And hence my topic for tonight. Because knowledge is only power when you can apply it. And you can see the wood for the, for the, from the trees here in this situation. So my topic for tonight is understanding the concept of stewardship. So the definition of a steward or stewardship is conducting or supervising, or managing something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to you. Not you don't own it, it's entrusted to you, and it's the careful and the responsible management of that. Right? And I'm going to read Genesis 1.26 for you. It says, Then God said, And in the beginning of Genesis... God starts out, but let there be light, let there be this, let there be that, but all of a sudden the tone changes here in Genesis 1, and God says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule or have dominion over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures." that move along the ground. First 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. So here lies our purpose as kingdom stewards to rule and have dominion and to protect God's creation and expand it with the resources that God has given us. But here's the catch. Carefully and responsibly as a steward. Carefully and responsibly because it's a big responsibility that is put upon us as kingdom stewards. And as the definition said, manage it in a careful and responsible way. So God chose mankind to manage his creation and become kingdom stewards. And with that comes responsibility and accountability. So we, everyone sitting here, we are managers in God's kingdom. And on my journey through my finances and finding out what God really requires of me, I came up with a couple of kingdom concepts that I now live by. And I won't waver on those things. Wealth in a kingdom is the personal property of the king. If you read storybooks when you were small, when people read um, storybooks to you. There was always a king, and then you get the village or colony, right? And everything belonged to the king. The king was pushing those resources into the village, and the people were managing it, and that's it. Psalms 24 verse 1 backs that up. It says that everything belongs to the Lord. Everything is God's. It's not ours. He entrusted us with that, for us to manage responsibly and carefully the house that Wilfred and I own in Wormites, it's not ours. We manage it for God. The children we have, God's children. We manage our children. We must stand open ended in front of the kingdom of God so that if anything, anything happens, we already stood like that and not hold on to things and not become materialistic. So it's a change mindset that I want to speak also to tonight. The Bible says, do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. If Psalms 24, verse 1 says everything belongs to God, you better believe it. You can't go against the grid. It does we owe nothing, we're managing it, we're kingdom stewards here. And Genesis 1:26 confirms that. Hence You can't lose anything on this earth because it wasn't even yours to start with. God is our king. He manages everything. And we all work towards a common goal here. Community. As John Wimber said, everyone gets to play here. And to push and promote the kingdom of God. And speaking about community, the Bible also says that there is safety in the multitude of counselors So for the young people as well, make it uh, from an early age to ask questions. And if you don't know something about a specific topic, ask someone. Know your content very well. If you engage in uh, argumentative debates and things with people, make sure you understand what you're talking about, facts. At school, just try and find out what is that income statement about. Why do people draw up a balance sheet? What is this retained earnings and shareholder's equity? Those are the things that our children never get taught at school properly for them when they leave school to make informative decisions about their money and being able to identify quickly when things go wrong in their financial life. Because if your finances isn't right, it creates a lot of stress, anxiety for you. So you're gonna have to know what comes in and what goes out, what is a debit, what is a credit for your life to become much more easier. And we've got Faith at Works here at Fountain Vineyard. You can go to Dale and it goes for the the adults as well. You can go to Dale and you can discuss anything with him regarding um, money matters and they've set up that platform. But also I was thinking, sadly, we live in a culture where automatically it trains us on ownership and independence. You have to be independent. You have to own things, which goes against kingdom principles. Because as I recall it, the Bible says, we do not belong to ourselves. We were bought at a price. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 and 20. Yet again, God has bought us with a price. We belong to Jesus. He's our king. He's our savior. We are his stewards here on earth. And still after, and I have to be brutal and be very honest with you, still after that MS Teams meeting, we prayed, we repented, and all of those things, and I thought, shot, I'm in the clear now. You know, I'm going to fix this thing myself because I can, and, we, and God has forgiven us, and it's going to go. Again, my own ability, and the scripture that came up was in Deuteronomy 8, verse 18, and it says, but remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant with which he swore to your ancestors. As it is today when he told Abraham, in the will bless all the nations. Remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. You can do whatever you want. You can stand on your head. You have to be in a relationship with the Lord. God is the one that gives you the ability to produce wealth and confirms his covenant with what he told Abram. So you cannot move without the Lord. And if God gives you resources, you should actually ask God for what is that purpose. Why did he give you those resources? If he gave you those resources, you need to consult with God on the matter. As you are just a steward or a manager of this resources that is given you. Um, I'm going to read the main scripture, but I'm going to pick out the highlights of what I looked at here for you. And during the series of Money Matters, we've had multiple people coming up and reading these um, scriptures. So I'm, I would just want to give you the highlights, and we're going to read out of Matthew 24, Verse fourteen to twenty. You can just give me a moment to find it here. Fourteen. I'm going to read out of the NIV, but I want to start out by sh- just reading the. Let me just get it quickly. Fourteen. Matthew 25, 14 to 20. There we go. The King James Version puts it so nicely, where it says, because I compared these two scriptures, it says, for the kingdom of heaven, it starts out by saying, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. But if we go to the NIV version, but I want you to to put, park that in the back of your mind, that it says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling. But in the NIV, it says, it's the parable of the bags of gold. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. So Jesus is telling this. He's speaking here. So he entrusted, says the, the master entrusted his wealth there's that word again. He didn't completely give it over. He just entrusted them with it. Similarly with us. And Jesus tell parables for us to learn from it. Right? To one he gave five bags of gold. To another two bags. And to another one bag. Each according to, in verse 15, his ability. So God gives you according to your ability. Right? Then he went on his journey. The man... So... You determine what you get from God. You determine it by what you can handle. Your ability, your skill to manage what God gives you. Because verse 15 says, He gives you according to your ability. If you mismanage little, you're going to mismanage little. Right? So, in verse 16, it says, The man who had received five bags of gold went at once. And put his money to work and gain five more bags. I just want to stop there. So in verse, it says, at once he went and he put his money to work. Anytime God gives you resources, the resources must work for you because it's money to work, right? So you're supposed to work for a purpose. And also with all of this... The whole parable, it it started making me think in terms of abilities, God gives you what you can handle, right? And and we we tend to say, especially when we are grief stricken, God never gives you more than what you can handle, or He's never got a tendency to give you more than what you can handle. And I think that same principle should apply when it comes to money as well. Why not? Imagine if God gave you in such abundance. And you add a spirit or the ability to mismanage money. The Lord's Prayer just completely jumped into my mind when I was um, looking at that. And I, was, I, I figured it out in my mind because I thought it says, and lead us not into temptation. Imagine if you have lots of money and the ability of mismanagement. That's going to be, you, you, you cannot not be tempted with all of that. And the Bible says you can't serve God and money. And we thought Satan was our biggest problem. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's really mind-blowing. And it's stuff that we should actually keep in front of us all the time as kingdom stewards. Um, yes. So, reading, f- going forward in um, verse 17, it says, So also with the one... With two bags of gold, came two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So there you can think financial hole maybe, put it away, didn't make it work for himself, right? And after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with him. The man who had received five bags of gold brought five more. The one who got two brought two more. So it's five and four. And the one who got one. And, but God said good and faithful servants to those uh, uh, servants. Who I said, I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Right? So... If God says you have been faithful with a few things, I will put you in charge of many things. The moral of this story is God can enlarge your territory if you are a faithful steward of his kingdom. And I want to read because it says there that you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. So you determine what God puts you in charge of, right? And Matthew 28, and this really got to me. I also had to sit still here because I was thinking I was mismanaging God's funds and now I have to read verse 28 and 29 and it didn't go down so well with me either. But I'm gonna read it to you anyway because I think sometimes we have to mature in our spirits and we have to move away from um, our old ways. And God said, after the, 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 the servant with the one bag came and he hid the money and all of it. God said, so take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has been given more, they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they, w- what they have will be taken away from them. So if you can't be trusted with the little things, God cannot enlarge your territory because will you give someone finances that must manage it? You see, every day this person is mismanaging finances. Will you give that person more and more and enlarge larger territory? I don't think so. No one will do that. So, the last person, the last servant missed the concept and the assignment completely and is not locked into a kingdom understanding. Proverbs 4 verse 7 says, Though it costs you all, you have to get understanding. And the parable of the bags of gold gives us an understanding into the kingdom wealth and into principles as well. So gain understanding here. Resources, according to that parable, if I read it correctly, money should not be given back as you receive it in resources from the Lord. Scarcity and poverty robs us from investing in God's kingdom. We have to be vigilant in how we handle God's money. You will lose what you mismanage. If you mismanage your job, you will lose it. If you mismanage your marriage, you will lose it. If you mismanage mismanage friends, you will lose them. And the list goes on. So God will give you what he can trust you with. And in Luke 16 verse verse 11, it says, So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And this is the Bible. It was difficult for me to read these things, but I also had to come to a place of complete surrender. And I had to experience it in order to mature in my finances. So the next question was, so here I was at a place where the wheels were slowly coming off. We starting to get a grip on it and I asked God I said okay so it's all now lost after we've made mistakes or bad decisions whether it be personal business related financial never because we live on the promises of the Lord we only need to repent God promised that he will never leave us in his word and he will never forsake us but we have to learn these lessons. He's got to get your attention and bring you to a place where you learn these lessons because he wants to use you as a testimony for other people and so that his name can be glorified through everything. So it's up to us to see God's kingdom first. And all these things that we worry so about, it will be added to us. The worry, the stress. The Bible also says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro in the earth. Looking for people whose hearts are in the right place just to bless. So we need to empty our hearts from greed, mismanagement, hoarding of funds. This morning Dave said God called somebody a fool for storing up riches. We don't want God to call us fools when it comes to that. Because he's coming back to get an account of what we did here on earth with what he entrusted us. First Thessalonians 5.16 It's the, the will of God for us. It's to rejoice always, pray continuously, give thanks in all circumstances, the good, the bad, and the ugly, for this is the will of the Lord. Don't just, when all, everything is fine, then you don't see God. Give thanks in, in, in the bad circumstances as well. When things aren't going your way, Give still thanks to the Lord because he's graced us with so much on this earth. And I'm grateful that God did what he did to me. He opened my eyes and I would not change it for the world. It was the best seven months of my life. I can't go back. It would have been such a missed opportunity if God didn't open my eyes to this. I had to come into this place of uncomfortableness to learn that I have to manage my finances different and be a good steward for the kingdom of God, and I can only trust God with that. Because if I was still in my comfortable job, I would never have learned this. I would have gone on my merry way and thinking that I've conquered things and I know things, and sometimes we think we're thinking and we're not thinking. And God must really love me to get me out of a place of darkness, to show me all this stuff. Because if he didn't, he was just going to leave me to go on in the darkness and in my old ways. But he shed some light on a matter that I really needed him for. And for that, I am grateful. And I want to close the sermon with the words of a man that was very close to God's heart, and it's found in, it's David in First Chronicles 29, verse 10. And I pray to God I can make it through this. And it says, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. Praise be to you, Lord the god of our father is of our father israel from everlasting to everlasting yours lord is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours yours lord is the kingdom you are exalted as head over all wealth and honor come from you you are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and we praise your glorious name. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Common. Thank you so much, Carmen. You know, um, when you said you came up here and you said uh, you don't know why Dave gave you this this message to preach, thank you, Dave, for letting her preach this message. You know, there's a certain aspect on um, when someone shares out of personal experience and the testimony that attaches itself to the Word just brings something special and uh, touches hearts and it changes minds and it restores things which the enemy's been trying to steal from us. And As the worship team's getting ready to worship, I invite you this evening that um, if this word spoke to you, and some of us might be feeling that um, we don't know our abilities, you know. The word she shared was that to each, each one, according to the ability, a measure was given. But for some of us, we're not sure of what our abilities are, because things have been spoken over us, lies have been told. And we have, we have given in to those things. And this evening, I want to encourage you that through humility um, and through worship, that you come to the throne this evening. And you ask the Lord just to, just to lay on your heart again how much He trusts you. Because He trusts each one of us. He really does. But so often we neglect it because of our own doings. And actually, what I'm going to do now quickly is there's a scripture in Ephesians 4, verse 29. It says that no unworthy words must come from our mouths, but only words to bring up and bring others up to uplift them. So words of encouragement. So where you are right now, before we go into worship, just turn to someone close to you and pass a compliment. And just strengthen their abilities a little bit. Just pass a compliment amongst each other. Yeah? And then we're going to hand over to worship, and I want to ask that you come with a a heart of humility. And let's make right with the Lord before we enter in this evening. And let's allow His Spirit to move. Amen.